So we're going to jump right in. Um, you guys are going to have me this morning. Um, yes. Kendall is going to be teaching in the big service, so you'll still get to hear from him. Um, but last week, um, Kendall talked about um, Jesus healing um, a man with leprosy out of Matthew 8. And the whole point was this man had... Um, taken his value and his worth and put it in his circumstance and kind of asked the Lord, okay, would you heal me um, from this and associating his value and his worth? And so um, today we're going to kind of be taking that exact same um, concept and that exact same thought and just applying it into a different way. Um, We're going to be in the book of Ruth. Um, So to get started, um, I'm going to have you guys get into partners Um, And just read the um, first chapter of Ruth together. Um, So just start at the very beginning of Ruth 1 um, and read the entire chapter. Um, Find another partner. Um, Just really groups of two would probably be best and easiest. If there's an odd number, it's okay to have a group of three. Um, But I'm going to give you guys like three minutes to do that. And... Yes, the first chapter in the book of Ruth. So just Ruth 1. And you just read the whole chapter. All right. um, I am going to go ahead and pray real quick, and then we're just going to jump into this chapter. The goal is we're going to just walk through um, Ruth 1 together, and I wanted you guys to be able, um, before we even started, to be able to see everything that happened Um, so that you get the whole picture, and then um, we can kind of go from there. So, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. Um, I thank you um, for what you did in so many lives over the break. Um, God, the ways that you moved, um, the families that you touched, the people that you touched, um, God, and how that's going to continue to happen. God, that we're we're still in the ripple effect um, here in Nacogdoches, and um, So I just ask that this morning um, we just invite invite you in. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would take a story that we've heard over and over time and time again and um, bring a fresh word. Um, God, that you would bring a fresh perspective, a new perspective um, that only comes from you, Holy Spirit. And um, God, I ask that you would calm my nerves. Um, God, that you would just speak profoundly um, to each and every person here Um, in one way or another, because you know exactly what we need in this moment. And so we just say our arms um, are welcoming that. Um, God, we're asking you to completely satisfy us this morning, that you would, um, we just say we need you, and um, but we're allowing you just to come in and to speak this morning. Um, And so I just pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, So, This story has been so encouraging to me over the last few weeks. Um, It has been so encouraging because this has been a story um, for me when just tragedy after tragedy keeps attacking my faith just over and over and over again. Or this story has been, has challenged me if, okay, is living a life of integrity really worth it? Um, Is it really worth just that? Um, This story has been a platform of, okay, my life that just seems so, it's such an ordinary life of faith. And God keeps telling me, okay, but I'm going to do something in, like I'm going to use you in a great way of, okay, I can't really see that. Or this story has been recently, 
okay, God, where are you? I can't place you. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know where you are. I don't know where you're speaking. Um, and it's just, it, this has been a story that has sustained me um, through each moment um, in each thought and each way. And so that's why I'm kind of bringing you guys into this journey with me um, that I've been reading through Ruth. And so even if this doesn't apply to you right now, um, I totally believe that it will apply to you at some season, at some point in your life. Um, so first, when we get started, um, we have to understand where the book of Ruth is taking place, what time it is. Um, this wasn't just a dark time um, for Naomi and her family. This was a dark time for all of Israel, all of Bethlehem. Um, you read in um, Judges, This is the, you see in the first verse, it says, in the days when the judges ruled there was a famine in the land. So not only was there a famine in the land, but it also took time place in the time um, during the Judges, and you can read in the book right before in Judges 21, um, verse uh, 25, it says that they had no king, um, they had no ruler, that they just did whatever they saw was right in their own eyes. Can you imagine the chaos? <laughs> just like everybody just doing what they think is right um, whenever they want to. Um, I think of myself whenever I just do whatever I want, whenever I want to, and then imagining like that happening everywhere. And if I had no authority, um, it would be crazy. And so that's kind of where they are at. And then on top of that, where they, they're coming from, there's a famine. So they also have no food. Um, and just the chaos that that creates. Um, I think Kate just shared a testimony from Haiti of, um, what it looks like for a group of people to have no food. Um, and they're just constantly begging. And um, so this is where um, the story starts, is in this time um, that not only is it just Naomi and her family, um, but the entire people of Israel is kind of just struggling. Um, and so I, this story is a glimpse into the hidden work that God is doing in the midst of a nation being in shambles. And that's cool, because so many times we just see this huge thing happening, um, and we don't get to see the small little windows and the small little things that God is doing, huge things. Um, and this is what's happening in Ruth, is we get to see into that. Um, and that's super, I, that is exciting to me, and it's just refreshing um, to know that that's what God's doing everywhere. <laughs> you know, and so many, this is just one story in one family um, but in so many different places, um, there's this hidden work that God is doing. Um, so today, I want you to be encouraged and, and refreshed um, from this uh, story. So we see where the um, they move, um, Naomi and her husband and her two sons move to this foreign land so they can have food, um, which is full of pagan gods and... Um, all of those things, and then her two sons remarry, right? And then they, the her husband and her two sons, pass away. Um, which in this time, it's not just oh, my husband, like my husband passed away. I can go get a job. I can figure life out. That is their all of their means, um, all of their means of income, all of their means of status in the community. Um, all of that comes from their husbands. And not just one of their husbands passed away, but all three of them. 
Um, and I just, I picture um, these three girls kind of just sitting at the, t- like, around the table in this, like, this circumstance with absolutely no solution. <laughs> there, is, there is no way out. There is no reasonable thing that they can do. Because um, right at that moment, um, when they find out that their husbands, or we read that their husbands had passed away, um, it's not like the famine had ended at that point. <laughs> they, it was like, okay, we're sitting around this table, and we have nothing. Um, there is no solution. And then they get word that the famine had ended in Israel. And it's just kind of this, it's this break. It's the first string of hope for this family. Um, and it's, and then, it, so in, it starts in verse six. Then she arose with her daughter-in-laws to return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. Um, and so it's like, there's this, here out of this, desert place of absolutely nothing and no solution, God says, okay, you know what? Here you go. I'm going to bring food to your land that hasn't had food in like 10 years. Um, You read up beforehand that they had been in Moab for 10 years. This place had not had food for 10 years. It's like, that's a long time um, to be in that place. And so these girls, they decide, okay, well, we're going to have to go back to, or Naomi kind of was like, this is the only hope that I have, is going back to this place. And um, so in tradition, um, the daughter-in-laws, kind of when they marry into the family, that is their family now. That is where they, they go, they stay all the time. And so these two girls begin this journey with Naomi back to her land. And um, you see, um, as kind of Naomi is walking along, she's realizing they just, these women that are coming with me are foreigners. Um, they don't belong here. They don't know the language. They don't know the culture. Um, and it's to the people that we're going to, it's almost a disgrace that we left in the first place and then they got married to my sons and now they're coming back. So it would just be better for you and less of a hassle to just, you would have a better chance at a better life if you just stayed. Um, So can you imagine, though, like packing? It seems like they kind of started on this journey, and then Naomi started kind of like thinking through all of the things she's walking into. Like, okay, first of all, me and my family left 10 years ago, and then my two sons got married to these wives that they probably weren't supposed to get married to. Now they've all passed away. Now the whole herd of us, these us three are walking back into this place and with nothing. It's not like they're coming back bearing gifts of like, okay, can you come take us in? Like, can you let us come back? Um, and so she's kind of like thinking through all of these scenarios as she's, I picture walking. I don't know if they're walking or on a camel or a donkey, but I just picture them walking and it just kind of like dawning on Naomi of, oh, okay, it's probably best for these two girls to just stay in their land and start over. Like maybe it would be a possibility that they could get work or they could go back to a relative because um, we also read 
in Naomi's plea for her, um, her to say in verse 10, and they said to her, um, no, it's back up. Uh, but Naomi said to her, two dollars, return each of you um, to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you um, that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husbands. Then she kissed them and lifted, they lifted up their voices and wept. And so they kind of said, and then at that point, they're like, no, we're still going with you. And then she, um, she says again, no, because I know the circumstances that you're going into. Um, but Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? I have yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands. Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I, uh, if I should have a husband this night and should bear a son, um, would you therefore wait? till they were grown um, would you therefore refrain from marrying um, no my daughters for it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the lord has gone out against me and so she's kind of saying even if i was to get married right now in this moment and have a kid still wouldn't work out for you like i have no relatives i have no one that you can go back to. So therefore, if you come with me, you're going to be widowed and childless your entire life. That's pretty much what she just says is I have not, and we know differently because we've read the rest of the story, but this is the picture that Naomi is painting for, um, Orpah and Ruth is there is, if you come with me, there is no possibility of there being anything but pain and suffering for you and so at that point Orpah kind of gets the picture <laughs> she goes okay I got you I'm just gonna go back and start my life over again right she's like I you know what you're right because I I'm just gonna go plow some fields somewhere else hope hope that my mom is willing to still make me food and maybe I can figure out if I find another husband um but this is where um, we f- begin to see Ruth's character. Um, and, she's, and then, so Rupa, Orpah kisses her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So after Naomi paint this, paints this picture of all things of anything you could be successful with, you have no opportunity to be a respected individual in my community. There's no way. It's not going to happen. And, but yet, Ruth still clung to her. And then so Naomi, again, makes another plea. See your sister-in-law. She knows what's going on. Like, obviously, you're not getting it. <laughs> so see, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. So she, then Naomi is like, I just... I don't know, the little kid, like, I just picture, like, Ruth, like, just hanging on to her and um, just not being able to get her off. And so Naomi's like, okay, I'm going to try this one more time. <laughs> like, I'm going to try again to tell you this is not a good idea. And, um, but, so she makes another plea. And then that's when Ruth kind of just, I, I picture, like, Naomi, like, making another plea, and then Ruth kind of just taking a step back and be like, okay, no, I'm going to tell you how it's going to go, because this is about how it's going to go down. Um, 
And so, but Ruth says, do not urge me to leave you or to turn from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me and more also if anything um, but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. (laughs) Um, So, but in these words, it's so crazy um, to me that, hold on, I have to find where I'm at. Okay. Um, so it's in this that first Naomi says, um, this means I am leaving my family and my land. It means that she knows, she knows that she is going to be widowed and childless the rest of her life. Like she's kind of accepted that. Um, and again, we know differently because we read the rest of the story, but at this point right now, she doesn't know that. <laughs> and, um, it means she's going to learn a new custom and a new language. And then this is so crazy to me before, as I started, I never realized this in the story. Um, but in verse 17, it says, where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. So she's saying, even if you die, I'm staying. Like, even if, Naomi, even if you pass away, I'm not going back. What? (laughs) Like, it's like, this loyalty is not just to Naomi. It's to the commitment that she's made to this entire family. And then she says, the next one, your God will be my God. Think of what Ruth has seen of this God in this moment. She has only seen tragedy. In verse 14, Naomi expresses in verse 14 like that God has dealt bitterly with me. It's not like Naomi is making this commitment to this God that has just given them so much, you know, like or this commitment to a God who is like prepared this way and all of these answers and given them all these things. No, she's seen tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. And she still says, I will forsake my gods and turn to yours and worship your God. That blows my mind. Because so many times I'm like, even in the midst of a small thing, I'm like, God, where are you? Like, (laughs) what are you doing? Um, but Naomi or Ruth right now has nothing and is walking into nothing and still says, I will worship this God. Crazy. Um, that is, and in, it's in that moment that Naomi is like, okay, you're not going anywhere and you understand what you're walking into. Ruth just kind of grabbed her hand and says, I don't care how miserable life is going to be with be I'm going with you whether you like it or not um how many of you guys have had those friends where it's just kind of like listen you I understand you're having a cry like you're having a cry party but this is what's going to happen and I'm coming with you and you're not going to be able to do this alone right that's what Ruth just did she's like I'm not letting you do this by yourself and finally Naomi lets Ruth come with her Um, Which in this point, she doesn't, that's God's provision. Without Ruth, 
because we know the rest of the story, there would have been no hope for Naomi. But God somehow in his sovereignty and in his provision put it in Ruth's heart to stay. Um, Totally God. First, he ends the famine. First string of hope. Second is he gave Naomi Ruth. And, um, but the crazy part is, is she still doesn't get it. And I think there's a lesson that we can learn here is when we are in this place that we believe God is against us or God has dealt bitterly with us, we don't get to see the, um, the strings of hope. We don't get to see his, we get blinded and we don't get to see his provision and the rays of light. Cause even, so she walks into, um, this place saying, um, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara for, um, the almighty has dealt very bitterly, bitterly with me. Um, I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. And it's not, I'm not trying to, I think so many times when we read this story, we kind of get frustrated with Naomi. We're like, girl, why are you having a cry party? Like, do you not know what's going on? But, like, the reality is, like, she in this moment still has nothing. Like, but because she's blinded and sitting in this hopelessness, she's just sitting there, that she can't see God's provision. And... Because is she really coming back empty? She's coming, she may be coming back empty, but she's coming back with Ruth, who is ultimately going to bring, I mean, the word, like, is going to bring redemption for this family. And she's coming back into a place that now has food. Those two huge things that God has done. Um, And, uh, but even though, the crazy, this is so encouraging to me. Even though Naomi was this hot mess and this, like, woe is me, God still continued to be a provider, and he still continued to be faithful um, and didn't just go, oh, well, sorry. Like, but the other thing that you have to realize is Naomi never questioned if God existed. And everything that she did, she always, she always knew that God existed and that he was sovereign and that is huge. It's like, even in this, even in this hard thing, God is still God (laughs) and he's still completely sovereign. Um, and then, uh, cause she even says like, God has, um, brought me back empty. And why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the almighty has brought calamity upon me. So Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her returned from the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Um, and the crazy part is I, I think this is written so beautifully because it just goes tragedy the emotional process that which these girls go through. And the last sentence of this is, and they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. It's the, 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 this is the connecting piece to which sets up this entire family to a life uh, that is completely redeemed and even more than what they could have ever thought. Um, because 
the barley harvest was the very beginning of their planting season. So it's not like they came in the middle of the harvest. It's not like they half of the crops have already been picked and all of those whatnot. That they came at the very, very beginning of all of the planting. So the barley harvest, I don't know if you know anything, but it's the very, like it's the first thing that they do. Um, they would do the barley, and then from that, throughout the seasons, they would continue to plant. Um, so they came back the first year of all of these crops growing at the very beginning of the beginning of the beginnings of all of the planting. <laughs> Does that make sense? Did you know that it's the beginning? <laughs> yes. So it is the beginning. Um, and then if you go, I'm just going to read real quick. Now Naomi had a relative she now has a relative. It's this, it's like you step into this place and it's like kind of the class, like setting up shop. And then all of a sudden you start remembering things that God has put in your life. Cause obviously over here in verse one, she had forgotten <laughs> over here. Obviously she wasn't completely thinking straight of like, Oh, okay, well we can do this. How many of you guys have felt like just in that situation where you're just like, ah, oh, everything is a disaster. There's nothing that I can do. And then a couple days go by and you're like, oh, actually like God has done this and done this and there is a way out. And it's like this epiphany of man, God did provide. And it's so interesting. I've God has challenged me so much of like, what if it was a change of thought of God is always providing? It's not, it's never, it's a f going into the situation, in this situation that I have literally nothing. Um, there is no provision that is seen, but God is providing right now. And it's almost the same concept of like going into a battle victorious, <laughs> like it's not an option to lose. And the same thought of like, okay, God is providing and God is comforting. Even though I might not feel comforted, even though I might not feel or see that he is providing, but because of who he says he is and he is always that and he is always God, like he is always going to provide and is providing right now. Um, what, like, just think of like the difference and the shift that would have happened in Naomi's mind if that is the picture of what she knew she was walking into. Um, and it's so cool just to, because um, then you start, um, I'm going to kind of summar, summarize this some um, for just the sake of time. I wanted to like just teach you guys the whole book of Ruth. Like I just wanted to go, there was so much in it. And I was like, this is so good. I just want to teach all of it. Um, but then I was like, okay, I'm probably biting off more than I can chew. Um, so, but then, so there's this relative and then Naomi starts to kind of, she kind of tells, um, Ruth, Hey, why don't you go like glean in, um, these fields and kind of starts telling, instructing her on what to do next. And, um, it's, it's all of a sudden, I think Naomi kind of sees this hope and then she be starts becoming strategic. And it's this thing is like, when you get this step out of hopelessness is when you can start being strategic and start thinking a little clearer. Um, cause then Ruth, um, goes and she plows in this guy's name, um, Boaz's field, um, and then finds favor with Boaz, 
which is totally God. And then Naomi kind of sees what's going on because she's like, oh, he's a relative. And what they call is like a redeemer, um, which is not a coincidence. Um, but <laughs> um, in their customs, that, the way, that he can redeem their family. Um, he can come and take all of the responsibility for their family. And Naomi sees this. And so she kind of starts giving Ruth instruction on what to do. Do you see that shift Though it's like this moment that she has hope and there's this solution. She starts becoming strategic. She starts becoming, okay, this is like, I'm going to start making plans. Um, And have you guys ever thought like, I've been this person and I've sat with people where they're just like, there's nothing I can do. And you're like, I see all of these options. And they're like, nope, there's nothing. (laughs) And you're just like, no, but you could do this or you could talk to this or you could, and no. And It's just, and you just like want to, I don't, you just get stuck and you're like, I don't know what to do. Um, And your heart just breaks. Um, But it's like this, when people see hope is when they start taking steps into getting out of where they're at. Um, And so I just want to encourage you guys to kind of just show people hope, (laughs) show people the way out, like show, be that person, even when they don't want you to be. Um, and that's hard. It's hard um, over and over and over again, reminding of people of God's faithfulness and God's provision and God's sovereignty when that's the last thing that they want to hear because then they're, they're like, you obviously don't understand the situation I'm in. <laughs> and it's like, no, but I do. Like, I do. I see you, but I still know that he is the same. Um, and so just continue to push to that because we're going to do the thing that you never do. Um, is we're going to jump to the end of Ruth. Um, All of you, you guys, um, I really encourage you guys to read all of it. Um, But again, for the sake of time, um, we can't do that. Um, So in this story, um, Ruth um, goes and gleans from, that's like, the Christian word of like goes and picks up the scraps um, from Boaz's field. And then Boaz, who just happens to be a relative, um, finds favor with her. And she goes to him and kind of asks him, hey, I want to marry you. Will you redeem me? And he says, yes. So uh, God works it all out. That's like the very summarized version of what happens in two and three. Um, So Um, yeah, he says, yes. And then, so you see, so Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife and he went into her and the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. Now think she was already married before and was barren. Like the fact that she didn't have kids yet is crazy. She was in Moab for 10 years. We don't know how long she was married. We don't know any of those things, but the fact that she, the, like, gave conception was huge because she was, she should have already had a kid. And so just already that, all the things that God had done, and then he's like, okay, but I'm not even going to stop there. I'm not going to just give your family all of these things, but I'm also going to give you a child. And then, um, then the woman said to Naomi, Um, blessed be the Lord who has not left 
you this day without a redeemer. And may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid her, laid him on her lap and became his nurse. To me, it's crazy that this, the last part, is not about Ruth. It's about Naomi. And the thing that, because it was Naomi that was caught all up in this despair. And it ends with Naomi, this grandmother, she's a grandmother to this child, sitting, I just, sitting down, holding this baby. This baby that was once impossible. There was no way that this child could have ever been born to her only a few in chapter one. Because that's what she had said. She was like, there, it's impossible for you to have ch- be married and you're going to be childless. But the p- story ends with this grandmother holding this child. Could you imagine how precious that baby was to her? Could you imagine her thoughts about God in that moment? It's crazy. And I just think of the joy that happens when you just see a grandmother holding a grandbaby. Like, it's already a miracle. (laughs) It's already something that is so um, beautiful in their eyes. But then to be Naomi and to be like, this wasn't even close to being an option that I thought was possible. And I think we hear all the time, um, it's one of those Christian phrases that kind of just makes me cringe. You guys know those? That you're just like, oh, you said it again. Um, (laughs) Like... (laughs) this is one of those is like God can do more than you ever thought possible. You know, like when you're in that situation of, ah, okay. Like God can do more than what you think is possible. And it's like, eh, I can thank you. But this is what happens to Naomi. Like she literally said, it is not possible at all whatsoever for you to be married and for you to have children. Therefore, you're doomed forever. <laughs> like, that's pretty much what she said. But you end the story with this grandmother sitting in a chair holding this baby. And then that's not only it. Like, it's not the last thing that happens. First of all, that's cool. Like, she has a baby. She's not doomed for the rest of her life. But then this child, more than you could ever imagine, right, He, um, this child, a son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse and the father of David. What? Like, this is the line at which the savior of the world is coming. Just kind of like, God is so cool. Like, and this is, this is in the midst of, of the nation's shambles. Like this is when the nation sees absolutely no hope. And this is a very small four chapters of a book of God's perfect, perfect sovereignty, provision, and faithfulness that we get to see a small glimpse of that. And it's like, oh, okay, I kind of get it. Because even in, while Naomi is rocking this baby, she, like, didn't even know. Still didn't even know what God is still doing 
in and through her. Um, and so it's just, I, uh, yesterday, um, I was on my way back from Austin and, uh, there's this family that tragedy after tragedy after tragedy with their little girl keeps happening and keeps happening and keeps happening. Um, and I just want to like, there is no answer. There is no sight. There is no understanding at all. But this is, is, is just exactly the, okay, I'm going to remain steadfast. Okay, I know, I know, I know, I know that God loves this little girl. And I know that he loves that family and he sees them. And that it's not crazy to say that he's going to do immeasurably more <laughs> in their life than they could ever think or imagine. Um, and so that's just kind of in um, what I said earlier of why um, this story is for somebody who believe or can't see God right now. That this story is for the person that wonders if living a life of integrity is worth it. <laughs> um, the story is for someone who just kind of thinks they're just ordinary and that God is really has no, I mean, a lot of you in this room are, have graduated college and you're like, man, Lord, I still have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> like I still have no clue and I'm supposed to have it figured out. Um, but God knows and to walk in hope and remain faithful. Um, cause this is exciting and the fact that we now, so this is the very book, very front of a book that's this long, you know, like that's this large and that he continued to write that story way, way beyond um, Naomi and Ruth. So um, I hope that that word was, um, I pray, not hope, I pray um, that that word was encouraging and refreshing to you. Um, and just a reminder of, um, God's sovereignty and his provision and his faithfulness um, and just kind of pushes you um, to worship him and pushes you to just um, be thankful for who he is because um, I know that that's what it's been for me. Um, so I'm going to pray and we are done a couple minutes early, um, which I didn't know if was going to be possible. It wouldn't have been if I tried to teach the entire book. Um, <laughs> but uh, go read um, chapters one and two because you get to, I tried to kind of give a whole picture as best as I could, um, but just read the details and read um, even more ways that God showed who he was um, in the midst of that story. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to be dismissed. So, God, I thank you so much um, for the testimony of Ruth and Naomi. Um, God, I thank you for that. It's been such an encouragement to me um, to keep pushing, um, to keep um, bringing hope and speaking hope over people's lives. And, um, God, I just ask that you would um, continue um to be who you are, that we would not, you are going to be who you are, but we would see it. God, that we would not be so blinded um, by our circumstances. We would not be blinded by what's going on, um, that we wouldn't be able to see you. Um, I ask that we would be able to see um, the small things. God, we would be able to see that you end the famines, that you um, 
give us people like Ruth, um, that you stand beside us and you go before us and that um, it's not, I ask that you would redeem the saying of we can do, that you are going to do more than we could ever imagine in our life. Um, God, that we would um, walk in the impossible. Um, God, that we would see um, who you are and that we would know that you are providing right now. Um, God, that you are comforting right now, that you are being faithful right now, and you will continue to do that forever, Um, that those things of who you are never stop and never change. Um, And thank you for that, God. Thank you that you're forever good. Um, And I just pray all of these things in your name. Amen.